Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. All right. Um, We love our first responders. If you are a first responder, uh, maybe you're in the military or, well, the military. We talked about that a little bit. But if you're a police officer, a firefighter, um, anything to do with first, uh, maybe an ambulance, if you could just stand, I just would love to pray with you guys really quick. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for the, for the first responders that um, help us to stay safe. God, we pray a blessing over, uh, over the police, over the fire, the ambulance, the, the medical teams, the, the hospitals, Lord. Thank you, God, for um, providing these people, Lord. I pray that you would just um, encourage their families as um, their families go out to fight and to serve, Lord. Would you protect them supernaturally? And we thank you for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we actually have some little thank you cards out in the lobby. If you would like to maybe write a note to a firefighter or to a police, um, you can send it to your local department. Find out, you know, Peoria, Glendale, wherever you are. If you want to fill those out and bring them back to church, we would love to distribute them. But I think that it goes so far that these people, these heroes, serve every day, day in and day out. And a little note or a little encouragement, maybe God puts a verse in your heart to put in that card, that really means a lot because so much we are thankful and our hearts feel thankful towards them and what they do, but we never really express it. So we have some cards in the back there that you can go ahead and do that. And I do think about 9-11, and I remember it. I remember exactly where I was. And it brought up a lot of questions. Some of the things that we took for granted, um, we began to question, you know, how safe is America and all these different questions that would pop up. But at the same time, we saw such a movement of patriotism. We saw such a movement of uniting together, like all the little things that brought division, they seemed to melt away. And there was just a common goal of unity and patriotism. And we saw church attendance go up. And it was really, really a beautiful thing. And I think about even with the last couple of years with COVID and all that's gone on, man, it really has caused us to do some shaking and to do some stirring, to ask questions of ourselves and also the church. Um, the church has just always been a congregational type Sunday event, and that was erased, that was halted. We couldn't, could no longer gather. And so today I'm going to be sharing a little bit about Beyond Sunday. And this has been kind of a tricky message to put together. Uh, So if you will bear with me, I'm just kind of bearing my soul a little bit, just kind of giving you a little insight into what's been going on in my life the last couple years. Because I see that church is really such a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to see people come together. But then on the other side, I wonder, is this what God had in mind? Is this really what Jesus ordered when he envisioned the church? Are we lining up to tradition and doing it this way because that's our culture? Or is this really what Jesus had in mind? And so I've been in a bit of a turmoil. And um, some of the, my favorite things in church are really about people. Um, it's about relationships. And I, I look at the Bible and I study, okay, let me just study how Jesus did this. And I see him connecting with people, him going about and visiting and making, you know, messages. But he was just really about discipleship. 
he wasn't all about the temple and building projects and all these things. Not that they're bad, but I wonder, like, man, I've just been asking God, like, what do you want for Streams Church? Like, as people who attend, as Christians, as followers of Christ, what do you have for us for this season? And Susie and I were talking a lot about this, and she says, you know what, the things we love about church are really, they are Sunday, but they go beyond that. And so that's why I entitled this series that we're going to be exploring, kind of the mission of the church, kind of our, our stanza. Because I feel like in a lot of ways, we do this really well, but maybe just putting a name to it. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. But it makes me think about what is the most important question that we as a church can ask ourselves and ask others. And I think the most important question that you can ask in your life is, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus? Because that's really the start and start of start and stop of it all. Hopefully you'll, you'll respond that he is my savior, that he is the son of God, that he died on the cross for my sin, and I have a relationship with him. That is really the, the answer. Um, and I see the church has great value as well, because I interact a lot with broken families. Um, my wife's been in the school districts, and we see the loss and brokenness of our communities right here in Phoenix. And I see um, family members who live out of state, and I see struggle, and I'm like, what is it that they could do to really bring change, to really bring an impact? And I think, what groups or what clubs could they get plugged in that really would benefit their life? I mean, there's sports clubs, there's extracurricular activities, you know, they can maybe just do extra overtime and improve their finances, but, but really, all those things can be good, but there's nothing like the power of Jesus. There's nothing like the power of knowing Christ and finding his love. And people oftentimes will find that in a local church. They'll find that. So on one side... I see the good that church can do, and I see that it's probably most honestly the best landing pad that people can get connected to. Like the local church is really a catalyst to life change because hopefully the local church will stand and represent Jesus. Um, And on the other side, (laughs) I can relate to being a very shallow, very... um, mediocre Christian, because I was raised in church, and we just went because my parents said go, or my family said go, so we went, Um, and I went to youth group, but I really was about living my own life, if I'm honest. I wanted to do the things I wanted to do. I wanted to go where I wanted to go. I wanted freedom. I wanted to make money. I wanted to live my life, and I kind of dragged God along. I'd go to church here and there, so I see a sense of Um, people who are Christians, who believe in Jesus, but they've kind of made a challenge in, like, really living for him. And I have great compassion because I lived my life like that for over 10 years. I get it. But I think there comes a time where, like, maybe circumstances crash and you have to reassess your faith or a situation arises. For me, it was a mission trip, and I saw just a whole new scope of what the world was. And God really got my attention in that trip. 
And he says, I want to get to know you. I've, I've shared some of this story with you before, but that was a real turning point of me saying, what kind of life am I going to live? Am I going to live where Jesus is kind of like, you stay over there and let me, let me do my own thing? Or was I really going to invite him into my life? And when I invited Jesus in my life, it really began to make so much more sense. <laughs> and so the, the thing that I want to encourage us is, man, God is real and Jesus is real. I, I got plugged in, into a church. It was a, a wild church in Phoenix Inner City Church. And um, man, I was I kind of raised in a church where everybody kind of put on this, the Sunday smile. <laughs> you would be fighting on the way to church, and then it was like a reset, and you're like, okay, let's just pull it all together so everybody thinks we're all perfect, you know? Oh, good morning. How's it? Good week, good week, you too. Bless, brother. Like, that was my life. You guys are laughing because you know that. But this experience was totally different. I mean, you'd have people who they are going to court on Wednesday and they could land in jail for years. And so they had no problem saying, I need prayer, I need prayer. God, I commit my life to you. Please keep me out of jail. Like it was just a different real factor. And I'm like, wow, well, are we missing something? Is, is the church I know, is that not really the full picture of what Christ has got for me? And I got plugged into groups, and I really studied the Scripture. And for the first time, man, some of these Scriptures would, like, actually make sense to me. And I felt God speaking to me, and I'm like, oh, this is real. Everybody should know about this. And everybody's like, yeah, we've been saying that all, this, all these years. I'm like, no, but this is good stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, how, now as a pastor, how can I... Get people to really encounter Christ. Because that same church, man, I got hit with problems. Um, the pastor fell into sexual sin and the marriage fell apart, and I saw the ripple wave, the shock wave of how that hurt the church. And I've gone in and out of different churches and been a part of all sorts of ministry where I see areas of unhealth. And so I, I, I'm conflicted because I see that God's plan is the church. I see good things from the church. But then on the other side, I see reasons why, you know what, the church did this, they did this. I want nothing to do with church or God or anything. And there's a sense of like, oh, <laughs> the church is a rough place. And so I, I can be real with that and realize that, you know what, the church is made up of broken people, myself included. And broken people can cause pain. And I, you know what, I see other areas that this exists as well. I could see in, in family some of the greatest moments, some of the most wonderful memories, but I also see some of the biggest headbutting going on in families and chaos and pain and being like, ugh, family's not supposed to hurt each other, but sometimes we do. And so I think, okay, God, what, what's all of this look like? Because some of the, my highest highs have been in church world, and some of my lowest lows have also been by people who are Christians. And I'm, again, I'm not up here saying I'm perfect. Um, there is a good chance that I will let you down. Because, honestly, I don't know your background. And I don't know how you've been raised. And we all have expectations, right? We can be honest. 
And sometimes there's unmet expectations that I'm not aware of. And so I know that it's, it's hard. And so I've been conflicted a little bit. Because <laughs> there was a time that I'm just like, man, babe, I don't want to do church anymore. Like, I've been on staff at churches, and I just need a break. Like, I go in there, and I just criticize stuff, and I see little things, and I'm like, ugh, just turns me off. Yet on the other side, I know it's Jesus' plan and hope for the world. It's kind of like I was like a dietitian who studied health and all the right things to eat, but I owned an ice cream parlor. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Do my values sync up? Like, I love Jesus. I want to do church. But then I also see the damage and the, the heartache that it causes. I'm like, where do I fit these pieces? Um, so anyways, here's what happened this summer. Um, we had a chance to uh, go to this marriage conference. It was up in Prescott. And um, we met Robin and... Um, her husband, they are licensed therapists. Actually, Robin, um, that's them there. We had breakfast with them. It's a fabulous photo. I'm sure my wife probably, it's not our best. Anyways, that's them. <laughs> it, was, it was a hot day. Um, but what a great couple they were. And actually, she slotted to speak at next year's women's conference. Um, but they just really had a way of really unpacking some of the things that were I was struggling with. And they had you know, they understood church hurt as well. And I think that's what's so tricky is I see some of the good that can happen. I mean, I see people hearing people that are sick and you guys as a church, you guys assemble and you bring them meals and, you know, uh, the Ramey's AC went out and there's people who are like, oh yeah, here, stay with me or stay here. Or like, we all like have issues. And then I see the beauty of the church that comes up and helps and supports and loves on. And I just thought, man. And so they just did a great job of kind of unpacking. Like, here's what you're passionate about, Sean. Here's why you love church. Can you bring that as a lead pastor? And I said, I would love to do that. And what I discovered, as Susie and I were asking some of those questions, she just said, you know what? Jesus should be a beyond Sunday. That we're, you're not a person that just wants to do church. You know, you're, you're bringing people and you're encouraging them to actually live this out. To where we're not a people who just attend church, but on the other side, we're a people that are the church. That we live Christ. And it's Monday through Saturday as well. I, I love Sunday. I love getting together. I love seeing all of you guys and having snacks. I mean, homemade snacks. Come on. Who likes those? <laughs> Glad for that team. But I just thought, man, I want to offer more than, than programs or classes. Like, I really want to create environments where people can connect and be real and honest and it's okay to not be okay and be like, I need Jesus in my life right now. And he's not talking. And be like, that's okay. We're going to pray. We're going to continue to trust because God will not let us down. And so we came up with this mission. And I think the first part of it really is appropriate is because it should start with Jesus. So the idea is to connect with Jesus, to connect with others beyond Sunday that our life is to be lived beyond Sunday. And really, it starts with Christ. 
Christ is the, the starting point, and not only um, was Christ born, I mean, Christmas season is coming up, I'm excited about that, but it was really God's love for us that he sent his son, Jesus, that represented humanity, that he was fully man, and he was Emmanuel, Christ with us, the supernatural deity. And so when we accept Christ, when we connect with him, when we begin to have a relationship with him, the idea is for us to become more like Christ. Look at what 2 Corinthians says in chapter 3, um, verse 18. It says, The Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. This, the spirit of God dwells within us, and we see that the spirit, when, when he can grow in us, he will naturally produce fruit. And it gives us a list of those fruits. Some of them are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. And so you think about, like, imagine living in a community where the Spirit of God was living in people and where your neighbors were gentle and they were kind and they were caring and loving. Like, that's the neighborhood I want to live in. That's the neighbor I want to be. And I can't be that if I just check in to a religious service on Sunday. And so when you allow Christ in, he begins to, to change you. And that's really my job is to, <laughs> it's kind of a two-step job. It's really to point you to Christ, like that's step one. And step two is to repeat step one, <laughs> point you to Christ. Because I don't have any power. I don't, in, in Sean, like, it's, you're going to be disappointed. But it's Christ in me, and me pointing you to Christ. That's really where it counts. And Paul said, he said it well in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So I say, hey, follow me as I keep my eyes on Christ. Because that's the best gift that I can give you. That's the best hope. And that's what Jesus makes it all possible. The church is his plan. And he has chosen us to be a part of men and women to reflect God's love, to bring the change into our, into our communities. 1 John 4, 7 says, As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. The goal and mission is to live like Jesus on the world, in our workplaces, with our families on Thanksgiving, <laughs> on Christmas morning, to our community. That's our, that's our heart. And that leads me to the second part of our mission is to really connect with others because we are designed for community. And there's beauty in community. And I, I look at streams and I'm just so impressed. I brag about you guys all the time. I, if, I, if I go out of state or we have a little pastor's huddle and I'm like, how's it going? I'm like, man, this church is amazing. <laughs> like, I see what you guys do. I mean, uh, yesterday I was at a pool party and, and Jerry and Katie, they opened up their house and we're hanging out. I see people gather on, on you know, for Bible studies. I see people, you know, Wednesday, there's small group stuff going on, and there's Tuesday morning, the ladies get together for a Bible study, and I see Sally struggle to unlock and lock the gate on Thursday night. It's dark, and she's leading a, a Bible study. 
You know, I see worship practice and I see all the people huddling and they care for each other. I see, you know, Danielle who says, ladies, let's go out. We'll, we'll play cards. We'll have coffee. We'll do a Sunday night study for the junior high girls. I mean, I brag about you guys. I mean, it's so cool to see Christ living out in your lives. And I love that we get it. And at the same time, I'm not saying that we're any better than any other church, but I love that we can have Christ in our lives, and it brings connection. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter your ethnicity or your financial status. It's Christ that brings us all together, and I love that. 1 Peter 4, 7-8, it says, <clears throat> The end of the world is coming soon. Okay, get ready for a pop quiz. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers, but most of all, what? What do you think he is saying? Hey, the end of the world is coming soon. I think most of us would agree, like, yes, that's true. So we should be praying, we should be connected to God. But in Peter, he's saying the most important thing of all is to make sure you serve once every six weeks in kids' church. No, that's not what he says. He does. No, that's not what he says. He's ah, he says most important of all. Next slide. Continue to show deep love for each other, for your love covers a multitude of sin. Man, what a great illustration! I'm going to be talking about that next week, so make sure you come. Here's the thing. We have, as Christians, the Spirit of God living in us. And I don't know if you've thought about this, but the devil sees us, and he sees that we are made in God's image. And that's why he hates us, because he wants to destroy, like he wants to be in rebellion against God. So he looks at people, and he sees God in them. But as people, (laughs) we look at others, and we see the devil in them. We're like, man, you, are, you don't do this right, you don't do this right, da-da-da-da-da. And it brings division and bitterness. But God says, hey, be loving. Most of all, be earnest in your prayers and show deep love for each other. That's a tall order. Isn't that hard to do? I'd ask you if that's easy, but some of you guys might raise your hand in church, and I'm not, I, don't, I don't want you to, don't want to cause any lying or anything. But <laughs> loving others is challenging. It costs us to love others, right? But there's people that you don't really click with or don't jive or that are flat out against you or like evil or malicious. I, my heart and my advice is to pray for those people. Because oftentimes it's hard to stay angry and mad when you're saying, God, bless this person. Give them wisdom. Equip them for their role at the office or equip them, whatever that, whatever that case is. But our love is to be shown for each other. And here's why Jesus, I think, tells us this is so important. This is his words out of John chapter 13. Um, it says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. And here's how. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other that way. That is a high, whew, that's a high benchmark. And here's why. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. 
You will be the validation of my ministry. You will authenticate my work here because people will see you and they're like, wow, why do those people love each other so much? I don't have anybody bringing me food when I'm sick. I don't have anybody telling my kids and supporting me and, and raising them and saying, You're, you know, listen to your parents, talk to your parents. Like we are here to partner with you to point your kids even to Jesus. Same thing with youth. That's a hard age to navigate. You don't have to do it alone. And the local church helps us all do that. And, and when the world looks into the church, they should say, wow, I want to be a part of a community like that. And that's what validates Jesus' ministry. And that happens beyond Sunday. So I was putting this message together. And often, like I do, I, I wonder what Google says the church is. <laughs> the wise, infamous Google. Here's what it says. It says that it is a building used for public Christian worship. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Well, that does happen here. But man, if that's what you know of church, you are missing out, my friends. You know, I think of like, okay, here's another really bad example, maybe a poor illustration, but like you think of the most epic movie series ever. Like, let's just pick Star Wars, right? Who's with me? Two people. There's like marble people. I'm going to fight you on this. No, you got to love each other, guys. But if all you know of Star Wars is a couple trailers that you've seen, and you're walking through Target, and you see some of the Star Wars toys, and you're like, oh, look, it's Star Wars. Like, if that's all you know of Star Wars, you know very little. There's so much cool stuff. And if all you know of church is it's just a building where people get together, and they sing songs, and like, whoa, man. I don't want people to think Streams Church is like that. And so I don't know what my community thinks of, of church, you know? I don't know what, when, they, when they drive by, like, what they think happens here. But I know that, man, I think we're all called to be the church, yes. that we are the church. This is just a building. This could be turned into a medical office or whatever, but you guys, us, are the church because God's Spirit lives in us. And so as, as a pastor, I want to train you and I want to equip you to do what God's called you to do because you're uniquely created in this time to do something wonderful, to do something special. And we all have gifts. Did you know that? The Bible clearly spells out, if, if I was God and I'm like, okay, how do I communicate that these people have gifts? He tells us in 1 Peter, he says, God has given each of you gifts from his great variety of spiritual gifts. We all have gifts. So what are we to do with them? We're to use them well. Again, now we see community serving one another. Serve one another. If you have the gift of speaking, then speak as if God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with the strength and energy that God supplies. So according to this verse, who supplies our strength and energy? God does. Hopefully not just eating ice cream in your ice cream parlor. If you're watching online, that was a joke I said back there. Anyhow, <laughs> then everything you do will bring glory to God through Christ Jesus, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Um, we all have gifts. 
And when we keep our eyes on God and he supplies us the strength and energy to, to do those gifts, then we can implement that. But Sean, I feel like God's not given me the strength and energy to do what I'm supposed to do. Well, then wait. Don't condemn yourself. Say, God, I'm ready when you are. <laughs> Don't our kids just kind of have to bob and weave? Like when mom and dad are ready to go to the store, then we go to the store, right? So when God's ready and the time is right, but don't be like, oh, I'm not doing this right. I'm not, God doesn't love me, da 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 No, just wait. Because if you try to do it in your own strength, eh, I've done that. <laughs> it works a little bit, but it's better when God does it, right? It works a little bit. So here's, here's a cool verse that I found, and I'll kind of, this will be the last scripture that I share. But this is how important that heaven sees the church as. This is so cool. Um, it's found in Ephesians. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Uh, third chapter of Ephesians, starting in verse 10. This is cool. His intent was that now, so God's intent, is that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Imagine wrapping your head around God's manifold wisdom should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So all the bigwigs in heaven, according to his eternal purpose that he has accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So all the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, God says, I want to show you what my manifold wisdom looks like. And he points to the church. Wow. The, <laughs> there are beings in heaven that stare at the church at wonder. And God wanted to show the heavenly beings his uncomparable wisdom, so he created the church. Imagine the rulers and the authorities of heavenly realms looking down on streams right now and saying, man, these broken people who were lost, and God's love saved them, and now he's made them. He's given them the Spirit of God, and greater is the Spirit of God in them than anything of the world, and they're getting along, and they're loving each other, and all of heaven looks down on churches of the valley, and they're like, wow, they're working together. The churches of the world just praising God. And that shows God's manifold wisdom. We have a responsibility to be ambassadors of Christ and to think that the, the powers that be in heaven are watching and marveling at God's wisdom being re revealed through the church. Like, that is amazing. That is really, the church is important Yes, there's some bad things and some hard things that it does. It doesn't get it right. But as people, we are the body of Christ. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. And, and I want to do that more than just on Sunday, clocking in. Um, Susie shared this post <clears throat> with me. It was um, by Bill Doggerdom. And I'll read this, and the worship team can come up. Um, but it talks about Labor Day. We just celebrated Labor Day. And I thought it was worth 
reading. It says, Labor Day was formalized as a federal holiday in 1894 to celebrate the advances of the labor movement to humanize the conditions under which work was performed. People were not machinery. It pushed back against the notion that the bottom line profit justified the abuse of those who contributed to it. Labor Day celebrates the worker and the workplace. It seems to be worthwhile, especially given that the workplace is the primary place which the kingdom of God engages in the systems of the world. It only takes about 15 to 20 percent of those who attend on any given local church to run the programming of that church. That would suggest that 80 to 85 percent of the gifts of the Holy Spirit gives to the church are to be used as the church is in the world. While it is wonderful if people come to church, the strategy from the beginning is that church is to offer them a place to come together, to love, and to serve. Sunday service is not the main event. Monday is. (laughs) That is where Christians are to be the salt and light in a much-needed place. That is where light pushes back the darkness. And Sunday is about equipping the saints for the good work of the ministry as the church is in the world. I love streams. (laughs) Because streams is more than a logo, it's you. I like spending time with you. I love seeing you be the church. I love seeing you connect. (laughs) And you can call each other up or text. Getting together to pray growing in small groups and going to the 8 a.m., 8.30 a.m. Bible study. That's phenomenal. There's so many great things that I see. And I'll tell you, as a pastor, it blesses my heart. I love it. Keep going. And honestly, if you're here today and maybe you've experienced some church hurt, I would love to pray with you. Is that okay? Susie, can you come up and, and pray? As I was sitting there just processing this message, obviously, not just church hurt, but also um, if you have any systems in your heart that have put a hand or a hand's length or arm's length distance between you and the church because of the hurt. A barrier. I want to pray for, do you want to pray or you want me to pray? Go for it. I would like you, if you have experienced church hurt, watch this. Can you be bold enough to stand up? I'd be standing just so you guys know. Someone in the church has hurt you. It's so common, and it's so sad. But like Sean said, we're just broken people, right? If there's any space in your heart that you've said, I'm only going to go so deep, I'm only going to go so far because I've been hurt in my past, that is a work of the enemy. So I'm going to pray over you. Even if right now... In your mind, can you think of the main person or the, represent, the face that represents the hurt? And I want you to do something really brave for me. And this stinking works. While I'm praying for you, will you, even in your mind, start blessing that person? Like, boldly bless them in your prayers. Are you ready? I know that sounds wild, but this is, what, this is, this is an amazing thing we get to do. Are you ready for this? So, while I'm praying for you, you just, in your mind, start blessing the person that represents that church hurt. Jesus, we come to you, and we know that these hurts that we set at your feet, that you, you can handle this, yes, God. that you can handle it not, in, not only in our hearts, but in the other person 
that represents that hurt, Jesus. And we put it all in front of you, and we pray that you mightily bless those that have hurt us, Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that the church hurt that has just wreaked havoc on hearts in this house, that it will just be mended, Jesus. Amen. I pray for your spirit to mend the hearts of those that God I ask that if there's any arm's length arm's length distance between the hearts of any of us in this body to the local church I just pray that you will obliterate that yes God. that they will start being committed in a hundred percent committed and I'm not talking about the building or the system I'm talking about the people Amen. that Amen. we start getting so committed to each other Lord that we start out serving yes, one God. another that the number one thing on our hearts should be like how can I serve them more how can I love them more Jesus may we be a beacon of hope to those who have been hurt by the church and may we be the answer to the question what is Jesus mm. That's good. And I thank you, Lord, thank for right now in this moment. I even feel it right now. Things are falling off. Yes. Things you thought were going to take months are falling off from previous church hurt. Jesus is mending. He's mending hearts. And it's just starting. It's not done. And we thank you, Jesus, that your work is forever. We love you, Father. In your name, Jesus. Amen.